I'm Heather Mangilio, and this is the In Session Podcast, where we bring Annapolis to you. County and State House reporter Steve Bonell joins us from our Annapolis desk. He'll break down the different bills and politics at the General Assembly and occasionally get comments from our delegation. Steve, can you hear me? You bet I can, Heather. Nice to be talking to you. Or how's Annapolis? It's it's been well. It's been uh, it's been pretty busy, and I'm just getting up to speed on you know how the bill flow works here and everything. So uh, I'm having a good time, though, to say the least. All right, perfect. Well, this week Steve and I will break down what you need to know about the Kerwin Commission. So, Steve, what is the Kerwin Commission? It's a good question, Heather. So the Kerwin Commission is uh, a 25-person kind of uh, task force or group that's been pegged at looking at education issues throughout the state um, and how to kind of better our education model. Um, It touches on a various amount of subjects. I'm just going to touch a few of them here. Uh, Tutoring, uh, all-day pre-kindergarten, teacher pay, uh, free and reduced lunches, and also just career training and that whole realm. And trust me, it goes into a lot more than just those subjects, but those have been reported on and written about a good amount. So, All right. Well, I guess the first question that's probably on everyone's mind when you hear Kerwin Commission is, where does this money for all these programs come from? Right, right. Um, and it's funny you ask that because it's still being determined. Uh, one of the main funding sources that is currently being looked at is gambling revenue, uh, specifically sports gambling. Uh, a senator has introduced a bill uh, pretty much looking at that. Um, there's been arguments about whether to include online betting as part of that bill. Uh, he does not want to include that at this point, um, but he just wants to kind of put it out and kind of just, you know, see what just regular gambling revenue will bring into the state and how that will kind of help, uh, you know, obviously fund the Kerwin. But it's become apparent in my week and a half here that there's going to have to be other sources of uh, revenue that come in as well along with that. So, Well, it's interesting you start with sports gambling just because I remember when gambling became legal in Maryland, like the casino, that, uh, the, I guess there's like two or three in Maryland. Right. Um, that was the big thing was, oh, this money's going to go back to fund our education. Um, so it's interesting that they're continuing with that. Um, in talking with the uh, different people in the Frederick delegation, any thoughts from them on where money might come from? Sure. Uh, Senator Ron Young uh, said basically that one area that might be considered is kind of a tax on, you know, those in the service industry. Uh, so that includes accountants, mechanics, realtors, kind of that whole sector of the population in terms of putting a tax whenever you would use those services. That's a very preliminary idea and it's just being floated around, but um, that is certainly an area where he mentioned is definitely being discussed at the moment. Well, beyond a tax like that on services, um, I guess a lot of people are going to be asking, is this going to affect my taxes in general? Am I going to be paying more to the county or the state to fund this? Uh, you know, that's if you use those services, and obviously yes, but it's not the the you know idea or kind of mission uh, of lawmakers. You know, obviously leadership on both chambers has said that they don't want to raise state taxes at all through funding Kerwin. Um, that remains to be seen. I think you know, uh, I talked to Senator Huff, who said he's kind of just waiting it out. He thinks a lot of people have kind of jumped on to supporting Kerwin or being skeptical of how much it's going to cost especially for local jurisdictions. Uh, but he said he sat down with other senators, with uh, Senator Bill Ferguson, who's the president of the Senate, and 
uh, he said, based off that conversation, that Ferguson wants to make sure that whatever comes out of this session is bipartisan and obviously uh, does not raise any uh, direct state taxes. And why is the current commission so important to begin with? I mean, if you just look at the funding uh, over the next 10 years, it's roughly $4 billion over roughly the next 10 years for education. And that's not a small chunk of change. And like I said before, it's looking at how to kind of reamp uh, or revamp the education model statewide. A lot of discussion um, in committees and in meetings is how uh, to better suit those from impoverished areas and hopefully, you know, provide better opportunities for those segments. But, you know, the, the question always follows that is like, how do we equitably pay for that, um, you know, statewide and how much should each jurisdiction be paying? Uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting discussion for sure uh, as it kind of progresses. I like to stress that, you know, as, as interesting and as provocative as the subject is, we're still very much in the preliminary stages at this point. So, And I guess for those who are attending good schools, and Frederick County has a pretty good pu- uh, public school system, are they going to be helped by the current commission or is this mostly trying to make it so that the schools that are not doing as well come up to that even playing field? It's, it's both, Heather. I, w- I would say that... Um, for the most part, uh, we on because the, there's obviously a local share that we have to pay for in Kerwin, and County Executive Jan Gardner and other county officials have said that we should be able to bear the burden uh, of Kerwin because we've been able to we've been funding so much locally. Uh, but to answer your original question, I would say that essentially it's from what I've talked with local centers and whatnot, you know, it, it should provide more state money for our local schools. So that's always a good thing. It just, and just seeing how that money will be allocated and how much money is coming our way is still to be determined. There's been some preliminary estimates, but it's very likely that those numbers will change as, you know, further discussions take place. And has anyone from the delegation or from Jen Gardner's office mention what Frederick County is hoping to get out of the Kerwin Commission besides just better money and better schools? It's interesting you mentioned that because uh, Delegate Ken Kerr, he mentioned, you know, obviously we're a very agricultural county with roughly 180,000 acres, I believe, of ag land. And he said that he wants to make sure there's some sort of agricultural proponent in whatever is drafted this session. Um, uh, that was basically that was basically his broad answer to your question right there in terms of providing some sort of uh, education for that section of the economy because obviously we think of the eastern part uh, of you know Baltimore, Annapolis, uh, down to D.C. and uh, there's not as much ag land, but obviously once you get out further west, in our county has a lot of farmland, and uh, that's something definitely something that Delegate Kerr wanted uh, the commission and obviously lawmakers to keep in mind as a final proposal, I guess, is drafted. Well, and I know this is focusing on those in Annapolis, but I know Jen Gardner and her office are, is planning to spend a lot of time down in Annapolis when it comes to Kerwin. Has she set any specific goals right now for what she hopes her staff will accomplish? In, in terms of advocacy for the county? Uh, you know, I think she's, when I talked to her last week, she's very much of everything is on the table right now, especially of how it's going to be funded and also just uh, money coming in. Uh, I think, you know, obviously they're going to be advocating for more money to kind of improve the schools in whatever way they can. Um, I will note that uh, our new liaison, who's going to be starting next uh, month, Joy Shaper, who just stepped down from our Board of Education to serve in this new uh, role as a county official, 
she sat on the Kerwin Commission. So that's going to be invaluable experience moving forward because she actually, you know, helped shape what the uh, Kerwin Commission drafted. And she's going to definitely be an invaluable person uh, for the county moving forward through this session because of that. Well, and I'm going to have to admit that in Maryland, there are places that have trouble with schools, but generally Frederick County does pretty well. So I guess there, the question is begging to be asked is there something wrong with our schools in Frederick County or some problem that will be fixed by the Kerwin Commission? I think, uh, I had to sound like a broken record, but the ag piece that Ken Kerr mentioned is important. I also think that just in terms of uh, career training, obviously you have the CTC uh, school, which is near the city of Frederick, and there are going to be opportunities in terms of, you know, those outlets and how this bill, whatever, the Kerwin Commission discussions, whatever that produces this session, uh, allows for. I think, too, Senator Ron Young had mentioned that we have a huge skills gap statewide, and I do know that that definitely applies locally as, you know, we have a lot of good biotech and other industries that want to hire, but they just can't find the employees with the proper skill set. So, I think the Kerwin Commission, in part, is going to be tasked with kind of addressing that issue, um, obviously through funding and other mechanisms. So, Well, again, you've mentioned how early on it is, but is there anyone else in our delegation who is currently speaking about Kerwin Commission that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I mean, the chair of the delegation, uh, Jesse Pippi, very much uh, was in a similar elk as Senator Mike Hoff, just saying basically that uh, he needs to look, or rather everyone just needs to kind of wait and see what happens during the next couple of weeks. And as more concrete numbers might come into to play here with what is going to be expected both on uh, locality spending and state spending. So he's very much like everyone. Everyone says they're pro-education, but you know, paying for is another issue. And that's obviously a lot of the questions that are being asked of local lawmakers. And it's definitely something that Delegate Pippi is keeping an eye on as the leader of our delegation. So great. Well, I know, again, it's very early on, but is it clear to say that this will probably be one of the biggest issues that comes out of the General Assembly this year? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, it might be the, the biggest issue just because public education obviously is a huge part of our county budget. Um, the Board of Education's uh, budget locally is over $600 million, and it's pretty equivalent to the county operating budget uh, as a whole. So, I mean, when you're talking about these issues and how Kerwin might impact them moving forward, yeah, this is definitely a, a top issue here in Annapolis this session. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you in Annapolis too late today, but I understand from talking with you earlier today that we already have a bill that's been withdrawn and probably will not be reintroduced. That's correct. Uh, Senator Ron Young introduced kind of a gun buyback program with an income checkoff uh, aspect of it, essentially. Uh, what this bill would have done is created a buyback program through the Maryland State Police, where in fiscal 2022, they would have been given $50,000 to kind of essentially, <coughs> excuse me, uh, definitely just, you know, start you know, a program to buy back assault weapons uh, statewide. Uh, Senator Ron Young, in arguing before I talked to him today, said that there's too many of these weapons out there and they're already illegal. So uh, it's just kind of, it was kind of an incentive to try and get more of these kind of weapons off the streets uh, in his eye. So, so what happened? Uh, so the bill was headed to uh, Budget and Tax Committee today. 
And essentially, uh, Ron Young pulled it because the state police said uh, they would have had to staff. Uh, this is what Young was told, that state police would have had to add more staff to the barracks around the state to kind of administer the program. And it would have cost about $2 million to do that. So once he saw that, uh, he kind of decided that there was no way it was going to get out of a committee and that it would have been, frankly, a waste of time, he told me, and just no, decided that. With that fiscal note, it's going to go to the committee. It's going to get killed. So I would rather uh, look at it some other way, some other time. He might rework it, uh, and especially next year, if there's any way to kind of cut those costs, because it was only going to generate, he estimated, around $300,000 in its first year. And he, you know, obviously that's a huge gap there of over a million dollars already off the bat that's costing the state, which is, which were proved to not be that beneficial, uh, if at all, frankly. So. So was there any support for this bill already? I mean, we're talking about a program about guns and guns are are often a hot topic regardless of where you are. Right. Um, I, you know, I didn't gauge much support. I talked to uh, Young's colleague, Senator Mike Hoff, and what he told me is that in the history of these gun buyback programs that typically they're not that effective. People, things that people sell are junk or are in, you know, inoperable guns, stuff like that. They're not, they're not effective. I mean, in fighting crime or anything like that. I mean, they've, they've been done for years in the city of Chicago and other places and they've, it's just it's not an effective policy. The main problem, if you're looking at uh, violence and crime, it's handguns. Handguns and illegal handguns. There were over 300 murders last year of Baltimore. The vast majority of those were handguns, almost every single one of them. Um, and of those, they were illegally uh, procured handguns. So really, if you want to tackle violence, you got to look at handguns and illegal handguns. And if we were going to spend a million dollars, we're better to go prosecute uh, the use of handguns by criminals. That's just kind of his perspective and he thinks that you know gun buyback programs just overall haven't been effective and that if you were to use you know as the state police estimated it would have been two million dollars roughly use that money for more officers or other resources that would be more beneficial uh, in the long run in terms of you know deterring crime which is obviously what Young's proposal is kind of aimed at doing so. So do you think this is going to set a tone for um, for more bills coming forward that might have to do with assault um, rifles or other types of firearms? It's tough to say. I mean, there's already uh, a few bills. There was one bill kind of in the same committee budget. Uh, actually, it was the judicial proceedings that uh, Young and Huff both sit in, and there was a lot of uh, sentiment and testimony against removing a certain type of uh, semi-automatic weapon, I believe, uh, you know, kind of banning it and adding to a list of guns that are not allowed the state. And there was a lot of uh, testimony uh, against uh, such a law, and uh, a lot of people uh, thought that it was kind of, you know, not not warranted. You know, it's not attacking the root cause of the problem, which is obviously, uh, you know, the people that, you know, line that's commonly heard is that, you know, it's the people using the guns, not the guns themselves. So it, it's tough to say. I mean, that's just one anecdote I heard from today, but we'll have to see how other gun legislation, uh, uh, gun legislation progresses, excuse me, um, as the session goes on. And do you think this will be a big year for gun legislation? I know last year, and although you weren't covering the state house, um, last year was, you know, a lot with the school shootings, the walkouts from schools, so much attention on what is this country going to do to stop school shootings and other types of shootings? That hasn't seemed to be as big 
right now? Do you think that's going to... I agree. Gonna... I agree with that. Uh, there's definitely, like you said, gun control and gun legislation is always a hot topic. So there's definitely going to be some sort of legislation pipeline moving forward. But uh, to beat a, a dead horse, definitely uh, Kerwin and uh, school construction funding, which is a separate aspect, but it's obviously something the speaker introduced as the first House bill. Um you know, education is very much at the forefront of many legislature legislators down in Annapolis this year. So, and well, to get away from what the bill's content actually was, and just focus on the fact that a bill has already been withdrawn, is that early for a session to see bills being withdrawn? And I, I was following some people on Twitter, and they said some bills have already been passed. Yeah, I mean, uh, one thing to keep in mind that's interesting about this bill is uh, Senator Young had pre-filed it, and he typically pre-files a lot of bills, so. You know, when you file a good amount of legislation, there's always the chance that some of it might be withdrawn because you see the fiscal policy, you know, like he saw, and it's like, oh, this is going to cost way too much money, has no chance of getting out of committee. So I think, you know, depending on how legislators kind of uh, navigate, you know, introducing bills and whatnot, it, it differs. But I think what's important to keep in mind is Senator Young often pre-files a lot of bills. It's some, something that he does. And uh, this is just an example of one that wasn't g- going to be able to get through. So, All right. Perfect. Well, as you mentioned, a lot of bills have been pre-filed. And as I check um, the legislative website every day, it seems more and more bills have um, been filed in both the House and the Senate. And I have to admit, one caught my eye. So I was hoping we could just very briefly, to before you go, chat about a possible new state song for children. Yeah, I saw this bill. I got to be frank with you, Heather. I've never heard that song before. So uh, you might be more uh, familiar with it than me. Um, But it's definitely, it's a quirky example of legislation that comes up. And it's like, you know, we get ingrained in gun control, education, you know, other very big policy areas. And then a playful bill like this one comes up that, uh, definitely uh, gives you a chuckle. So Yeah, I'm going to have to admit, and maybe I have to um, give back my state license and residency for 26 years in Maryland. Um, I don't know that song, and I did ask a lot of people in the newsroom when I read about this bill, has anyone heard this song? And no one could jump up and start singing it. Um, I know that we have a state song. It's it's played during the uh, at Pimlico during the Preakness, which is really the only time I hear it. Um, but I did like the wording of the the fact that the, our state song is has some complex language that uh, state uh, dates back to when it was written, and so they want a more child friendly um, song that children can sing. So, like you said, it is kind of quirky, but it is an interesting thing to see that's being brought up compared to Kerwin and, and assault ban uh, buybacks and all the other things that we'll be seeing this last session. Right. And I'm going to go on a whim here and say that of all the bills that are going to be introduced this session, that I doubt this one will see much pushback. You never know, but it's it's kind of a playful thing. And unless there's a big reason that the song is unpopular, which I, I haven't seen anything as of yet, uh, I think that you know this is one that should get through and uh, have near unanimous, if not unanimous, support. But we'll see. I've been wrong before. so. Well, I'm, of course, we'll continue to follow all the bills that we've mentioned, and including this song bill just for the heck of it. But um, I do think that we should challenge ourselves as the people on this podcast to, by the end of the session, be able to sing this song so that we at least know what we're talking about. Oh, God. I, I hope not to do uh, make people suffer through my singing voice, but I guess we can maybe do that. We'll see. Perfect. Well, is there anything else that's happening down in Annapolis this week that we should know about or that will be happening 
um, this upcoming week? Uh, the delegation, our local delegation, uh, meets every Friday. So Friday morning, uh, Senator Kerr has a couple of uh, proposals, mostly related to uh, agriculture and also kind of uh, alcohol and, uh, you know, alcohol class licensing and whatnot. Um, that's the main thing uh, that I'll be keeping my eye on the rest of the week, obviously, because I like to keep things local, obviously, and see what our local delegation is doing. Uh, that that's the main thing that comes to mind, I guess. But there's obviously a lot of other bills that have been introduced even by our uh, delegation that I'll be digging into within the next week or so. So Perfect. Well, and Steve, we can find your reporting from Annapolis at fredericknewspost.com and also in the print paper. And I believe that there's some other reporters in our newsroom that will also be picking up some bills to kind of help you out with all the hundreds of bills that will be filed. And I appreciate all the help I can get. So thank you. Perfect. Well, Steve, I hope you had a great day in Annapolis and we'll see you back in the office soon. You bet, Heather. Thanks for having me on. All right. Bye. Bye. In Session is hosted by me, Heather Mangilio from the Frederick News Post Newsroom and Steve Bunnell and edited by Graham Cullen. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.